Um, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Behind the Ball, um, where I, Fahim Mujahid, get an opportunity as a performance psychology coach to really highlight the people who I feel are not only pouring amazing things into this world, but inspire me in so many different ways. Um, one of the people who've been the longest serving inspiration for me in my life within this Miami community is no other than Amanda Paz. Amanda, I mean, I could go on and on about what she does and how she's evolving her purpose in her life and how she sees herself and how she sees herself contributing the work she does. But I figure I'll let her introduce herself to you guys at home. Amanda, welcome to Behind the Ball. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. I've been looking forward to it all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it comes with sacrifice and time. And, you know, I, I, I really, really honor that's the one commodity that we can't get back. Um, 100%. You know, I always like to begin these conversations with sharing a, a quote of resonance that shows up for me and kind of use that as a vehicle into the conversation. But I guess starting before that, how would you want to introduce yourself? What is, yeah. What's showing up for you in this moment? What's alive in you now? How would you want to kind of introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so my name is Amanda Paz. I am a marketing and business strategist for service-based wellness professionals. So really that includes yoga teachers, nutritionists, fitness professionals, wellness coaches, really anyone that kind of falls into the, that category or that space. And my mission is to help them lead with purpose, get paid for the incredible work that they do, and reclaim some of their time by mm. creating online businesses that allow them to spend less time working in their business and more time allowing their business to work for them. Mm. So mm. that's what I do right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there seemed like there was like a connection to reclaiming their time. Yeah. Like that, for you, that's very, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of why connected to that. Why is that important? And what you do, I mean, obviously all, everything that you said in your introduction beautifully represents where you are, but it seems like, I don't know, I feel like there is additional energy to that importance of allowing people to see that they're worthy of regaining some of that time or finding ways to help them regain that time. Why is that important? I think, you know, service-based wellness professionals, so anyone in the spiritual community or in the wellness space, we do what we do because we love the people that we work with and we mm -hmm. love the impact and the contributions that our work has on their lives and on the lives of everybody that surrounds them. Sure. Like we do it because we love it. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of times we end up overworking. Mm -hmm. And I say overworking because maybe for the first couple of years, it doesn't feel like overworking. It just feels like you're living your passion. You're, you're, you're able to quit whatever other job you had. And now you're doing this thing that you love. And so it's amazing. And you want to take on all the clients and do all the things but then eventually you realize that that's not sustainable and you mm. get to the point where you feel the overworking. And mm. what ends up happening is you get exhausted, you're burnt out, mm. and you realize that your business is only working if you are an active employee in it, mm. if you're actively working. If you take time for vacation, for most service-based mm. professionals, there's no service happening, so you're not getting paid. If you're sick, you're not getting paid. If something happens to you, again, for yoga teachers, since I come from that world and I work sure. with a lot of them, if you break your foot, if you hurt your knee, if you, you can't mm. show up to some mm. of the classes and some of the spaces, your income and therefore your life is really affected. And mm. so what happens is you end up overworking to the point where you get exhausted and you lose your time. You lose time for yourself, which is the whole reason why you got into this yeah path and alignment in the first place, you lose that. You lose the ability to 
do the things that make you feel healthy and feel good, to mm. take time for yourself to continue to develop and learn, mm. to be in community with other people. Everything becomes, or your whole life kind of becomes surrounded around what you're doing for the job. Yeah. And again, you love it, and so you mm -hmm. do it, but it's also an, it's an overexertion of yourself. Mm. And so being able to reclaim some of that time so that you can be a student again, you can spend more time with your family, you can... Go and learn how to play the guitar if you want to, or go spend the afternoon or an hour in the middle of your day and go swimming if that's what calls mm. you. Whatever it is that feels good, that reclaiming of your time is really has been really important for me, and it's really important for me to help other people to be able to reclaim their time as well. That's why yeah. I'm at. Yeah, I can sense that. I can sense that. I mean, full disclosure, you're one of the guiding lights for my yoga certification <laughs> to become a, a certified yoga instructor, and I remember you, how meaningful that was to be able to go on that journey with you do you find because i i felt this kind of like conflict as well right because when you're embodied in such a meaningful practice that has so many different layers of what it means to practice consciously and how you're helping people not only move their bodies but connect with a sense of purpose in their lives and yoga is such a powerful modality and you're helping different movers and different people in the wellness space i find that especially people in our work or who show up in the world, the hardest thing for them to do sometimes is creating and carving out that space for themselves in a way where it doesn't feel selfish, right? Especially because so much of you, so much of the work that you're doing requires helping other people, pouring into other people. Do you find, is that a challenge for you when it comes to working with, whether it's yogis, anyone in the movement spaces, allowing them to re, because the hardest thing for me to do was to reclaim my time and not feel like, hey, you know what, by me not doing that session or by me not holding space for that person, I'm holding the space for myself. It's, it's equally as important, if not more important. That was hard for me because I spent so many years in movement, in yoga, that practice all about giving on to the person that you're serving. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. a challenge? Do you find that that's a big challenge for people to kind of break through? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I. the two biggest, you know, kind of mindset shifts that I have to work well, that I had to work through personally and yeah. that I help other people work through, other yoga teachers. Um, first and foremost is being able to take time for yourself, like you said, that filling your cup first mm. is, is pivotal to be able to help others fill their cup. So serving others, which is what we do, yeah. serving others has to come from a full place. It can't come from an empty place. And maybe you begin the journey and you're full, but somewhere down the line you're empty because you're not you're no longer in that space where you feel connected to the practice. You're fully running a business and mm. you lose some of that. Yeah. That requires, you know, being connected to the practice and being connected to your why require you know requires dedication. Sure. Everyday dedication, sure, reconnecting, yeah. keeping yourself in alignment with what your vision and what your mission is, sure. and then allowing your actions to speak for that. And when you're fully focused in, you know, how much money you're make you're gonna make, mm. and are you gonna have enough to pay the rent, and do you have to take on another client and take on more classes or this and that? It's mm. you don't have time for that. Yeah, you don't have time for that. So yeah. that's the first one. And then the second one that is really hard is uh, how much is my time worth? Mm. So a lot of yoga teachers, people in the spiritual community, more than in other spaces, have a really hard time justifying sharing this practice and charging for it. Yeah. And so there's a difference, and I, and I have to kind of work through teachers with that, is like, and it's totally okay if, you do, like if you're not in the space where you want to run a business through this. That's mm. okay. If you just want to teach on the side here or there, and this mm. is not something that you want to monetize, that's fine. 
-hmm. But if you want to, if you're in the space where you want to dedicate your energy and your life to teaching and sharing this, Mm. and you need to create a business around that, then you need to find a way to identify what the value of your time and Mm. how you can share and express that with others so that others hop on board with you. Yeah. You know, teachers a lot of times are like, oh, no, I feel so bad charging for that. Or I feel so bad. Oh, no, but everyone should do yoga for free. And, and I hear you 100%. Yeah. I also agree everyone should be doing mm-hmm. yoga for free. And so we try to find ways to incorporate giving of the services that mm-hmm. we offer when there's a time and a place and running a business yeah. and being able to honor and value your time and your energy, just like you would honor and value your students or your clients' time and energy. Yeah, well said. Right? So being able yeah. to see that from both lenses. Do you find that's a moving scale, right? So I was talking to, shout out to Cody Adams. Um, he's one of the, he's the store manager at Lulam and Aventura. Okay. We had a recently had event. Shout out Christina Ramirez. I love um, her. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm obsessed. I love right? her. <laughs> but Cody has, he came from an, an extremely successful baseball career and he made um, the the expansive growth to becoming a Lululemon manager, mm. store manager. And the same thing that we kind of shared in our story was when you hang up the cleats to whatever capacity, sometimes it's hard to know what your value is because you've always asso- you've always associated your value to what you were doing. And if it was playing baseball, okay, I know that I'm a market player. I know this is the position I played. The last person who signed a contract at this position was about this, so I can know my... But when you're stepping into a new space... And Cody and I were having this conversation. I don't even know what a store manager get paid, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, and then once you find out what it is now, it doesn't mean it's going to be there next year. So how are you making sure? Like I remember when I started year one in, with Inner Miami, um, being their performance psychology coach, I had no idea what was worthy or what was like what that value was. What so do you, so is. do you find that getting clarity on what their value is is that something that you can easily help someone arrive at, or yeah. do you find that's hard? Yeah, I don't, I think so for the most part, yeah. the very first place I like to start with is getting clear on what the offer is. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for most teachers, maybe at the beginning, it is just showing up and we're going to do yoga and that's it. And I leave, right? Yeah, like yeah. if it's a one-on-one client or if it's a corporate client, or um, if you're teaching, you know, at a studio, like at the beginning, you're just kind of basing it off of what everybody around you is more or less averaging. Mm-hmm. But in order to level that up, mm-hmm you really have to understand the value of the entire offer. And so I like to kind of almost like list it out like a bullet point. Like what are we, it's a 75 minute class I'm showing up. Like, what are we talking about? What are the benefits of what we're moving through movement wise? Like, are we healing an injury? Are we not? Are we holding, like Mm -hmm. kind of breaking all of that down. That's the first part. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is that once you get busy, it is, and it is a business. So mm-hmm. then we talk about supply and demand, right? So at the end of the day, let's say you've been teaching for six months or a year or three years mm-hmm. and your schedule is packed. You are working with three to five clients a day and you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Now you have to reassess and kind of pull back. And that's where a, like half of the teachers that come to me are. Mm-hmm. Some of them are at the very beginning. Some of them are at the halfway point where they're like, I'm exhausted. I'm capped out on what I can physically work. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out a way to earn more money for what I'm doing now. So raise my prices or eliminate some of the classes that I have and some mm-hmm. of the sessions. And how do I now integrate passive streams of income into what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And so that's really exciting for me because then that's where I get to kind of 
invite them into the online world and mm. use the tech that we have and be able to really leverage their stories, their sure. personal stories, their journeys, what they've been through, yeah. their wisdom, what they've acquired, like their knowledge, and be able to build out programs that the people that they work with are really excited to buy into mm -hmm. and to be a part of yeah. um, and to experience. And so, yes, when it comes to pricing, it is, um, I, people try to ask me like, is it this or is it this? And I'm like, well, as a base level, don't charge less than this just because think of your time. How much do you need? Mm. How much money do you need in a month to mm. your like base revenue, right? What is just to pay your expenses? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah, and it's then important to know that. it's important to know that. And then what do you, what does a dream revenue look like? What does your dream life look like? Mm -hmm. Literally what, what, where do you live? Do you own a house? Are you renting? Mm -hmm. Do you have a car? If you do, what does that look like? And then we like tally up, we literally tally up payments. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, so my current life versus my dream life is going to require X amount of dollars per month yeah, that I have yeah, to make. Sure. So now let's, how do we build a business around that? And how do I, how do I really build both one-on-one -on -one programs, group programs and online courses that allow me to get to that point mm. and that allow me to first and foremost actually serve, not just create things that nobody wants to buy. Like yeah, yeah. how do we serve? How do we create things yeah. that actually serve and connect and help yeah. others? You know what I love about that? They were talking about like um, creative visualization I'm a big believer in that, right? And they talk about like how I remember there was this this time where I, all I would do is listen to Secret over and over over again. Yeah. And they talk about how like you'll never run out of things to ask for because we all don't want the same things in life. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think about like the dream scenario. I think you said dream income. Right. Yeah, like dream, dream your dream your monthly dream revenue dream versus revenue. like your base dream right. revenue. So when you're working on that vision for that dream mm -hmm. with the clients that you have, are you noticing that? Are you noticing the diversity in how, wow, wow, the things that are showing up for you not only aren't for me, but they weren't with the person that I had before you? Mm -hmm. Like, are you seeing that? Or are you are you noticing certain consistencies in how we dream? Like, oh, we all want a Porsche Cayenne, or we all want a beach in the mountains and one on the, and one in a, a house on the mountains and one on the beach. Or are you seeing that duality, or not duality, but that diversity in how people are like identifying what those dream scenarios or dream incomes are? It's a really powerful exercise because yeah. there it turns out that we may think that everybody wants the same things, but they actually don't. Mm. Everybody wants something different. And it's a powerful exercise because it actually gets you to really understand what you really want in life versus mm. are you just going after what everybody else wants or what everybody else says that you should want. And when it comes down to it, for the most part, actually, most people, there's some outliers, but most people really don't need as much money per month mm. as they think they need or they want in order to achieve their dream life. Mm. When we kind of calculate it out and we visualize, we're like, okay, it's definitely more than what you need right now. Mm -hmm. So now we know where we need to go from A to B in order to get there. Mm. Let's say in two, three or five years, whatever it is. But everybody wants something different. Yeah, and awesome. And it's powerful because it gets you to like, I think that's something... I wish I would have done in college. I yeah. didn't really do, but I wish I would have done in college because I think it would have steered me a little bit better in my early 20s to to really move towards what I want versus what I believe or what society's kind of making me believe that I should have. For sure. The things, the places, the cars, the, yeah, you know, those yeah, kinds yeah, of, of decisions. Yeah, and so you can kind of maneuver in a way as opposed to just working towards something and then you get there and you're like, well, I'm miserable. This yeah. isn't what I want. 
Yeah. This isn't what I need. Yeah, yeah. What I need is actually much more simplicity in my sure. life. Yeah. And so how can we create a business that helps us to live that simple life if that's what we want mm. and at the same time contribute to others in into the world in the way that we want to contribute? Mm. How do we get there, mm. right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you would say the title of that exercise would be current income and then dream income? Is that how you title it? Or so, is it like dream, like, or how do you phrase it? Yeah, it so like, I actually learned this from one of my one of the coaches that I worked with. Okay. It's financial freedom income. Okay. So it says in where I'm living right now in my life with my current expenses, okay. what is the number that I need to make every single month in order to feel financially free? Oh. As in, in order to whatever my expenses plus yeah. like 30%, yeah, yeah. Right? right? So now- if I this can walk around every single month. This is after taxes because, you know, taxes will hit you. This is after. <laughs> taxes are <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm good. You're like, oh, I'm not good. That's a good question. Right? So are, are, is this or after taxes? Yeah, okay. you add, you add you a 20% bump and then you add another 20%. Okay. A 20 and a 20. <laughs> I got triggered when you said 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's very close, my, right? My accountant told me I owe 30%. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's after the taxes. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's after the taxes. You bump everything up 20 and 20%. And so you're like, okay, now my bills are paid for. I have excess money if anything happens mm. uh, either you know good or bad mm. that i need to spend some more money on i can sure. save if i want to i can invest if i want to i actually when you reach that financial freedom checkpoint mm -hmm. where your base life and some is paid for it's a very empowering feeling mm. it's it's different than oh i just i paid my bills and i had a couple sure. hundred bucks left at the end sure. of the month that's like oh this is working like this is working and I can actually do something with this yeah. versus like, I'm just, I'm floating. I'm holding yeah. on. I'm like, you know, I'm underwater and I've got a little straw underneath and I'm trying to yeah. gasp for air. For sure. So it's the financial freedom and then it's your dream monthly revenue. So financial mm. freedom revenue, dream monthly revenue. And you kind of calculate, mm. you write down every single expense that you can think of. I even, you know, for my dream monthly revenue, I was calculating my team. Like I want to pay my team this much. Mm. And this is the team members that I want to have. And these are the, the software that I need. Uh, five, five to eight people max. My dream. Okay. Right now it's two. Okay. No, I'm sorry, three. Just okay. added a third. Okay. But your yeah. dream is... My dream is like somewhere between five to eight. I don't want a huge team in order mm. for my, you know, my business operations and everything that I want to do. Yeah. I don't need a huge team because to be quite frank, we have really good technology now, so yeah. we don't need a big team, yeah. but I want to be able to treat and pay my team really well. You know, so. we, we are talking about how, at least for me, how challenging and how much growth has been on the journey of freeing up some of the things that... I feel like I can do in, in expanding and creating other spaces for other people to nurture and help foster your, your vision. Mm -hmm. Right. I think about like this entire experience now is being supported by someone behind the lens named Zach, who's amazing and what he does and his purpose. Right. So creating space, <laughs> shout out, shout out Z, <laughs> Z money. Um, so creating space for other people to kind of pour in, right. Mm -hmm. You talk about those three people that you have on your team. Mm -hmm. I don't want to connect to the story that there's hard to find people especially in a, in a, in a place like Miami. Yeah. Um, because I think once you start believing it, it becomes your experience, but I've had had challenges with finding people to share this worthy journey with. Has that been a challenge for you to find people? Do you, well, were you able to, are the people that work with you, was it important that they reside here in Florida or they, did you outsource? Like, how was that, how was that journey to make sure that you found the right people to share this important mission, um, to share this important mission with? Yeah, it definitely was hard for me too. Yeah. I um, I had a couple of teachers, uh, not teachers, I'm sorry, assistants here mm -hmm. in the city. And there was 
a lot of flaking. Yeah. Um, but I think a part of that, I'll hold myself accountable. I think a part of that was also me figuring out how to show up as a leader and um, kind of my method for how I wanted to, uh, how I wanted the relationship to go. Right. Sure. And so there is a, pro- there's always a process that you go, a learning process you go yeah. through when you're in that space. Um, so a part of it was me. And uh, again, we are reflections of everybody around sure. us. Right. So I'll hold myself accountable for that. In case but, you're listening or watching this yeah, podcast. She's not, <laughs> blaming, she's not blaming you. <laughs> not blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Tomorrow I might wake up different. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, the, the, the two that I work with right now, yeah. one is in India and the other nice. one is in New York. Nice. Um, one is my video editor Dope. for all of YouTube yeah. and everything and like all the content that I kind of throw at him. Yeah. Um, he's great. And then the one in India was actually living in Austin, but she's a yoga teacher and nice. she just moved to India and so she's going to be over there working and studying and she's amazing mm. and it works out so I don't yeah. I didn't for my business model I didn't need someone to be here yeah I just needed someone to be available during a certain hour so that we could for touch sure. base every day yeah so that was it that's yeah. for for where I'm at and where I'm growing my business that's yeah. where I'm at but yeah I think like right now I'm coaching two yoga teachers to yeah. get an assistant so for we're sure. figuring out like what does that yeah. look like what can they help with they do a lot of events and they do a lot of um, brand deals and sponsorships and so it's like okay so how do we get someone to take some of this off your plate so that you're not doing all of the little mm. things and so that process has been really interesting too yeah. yeah yeah is that challenging for most people right like I feel like it's it was really and even now it's something that I I you know, it's a challenge. It's a growth opportunity mm. for sure. And I think like anything else, the more I exercise it, the better I get at it. Mm. Um, but I'm so intent on making sure that I show up in the world the way that I envision myself showing up in the world. So I think sometimes that overlaps in having the need to feel like I need to control every element that influences how I'm perceived or how I show up in the world, whether it's the quality of this microphone, whether it's the visual, whether it's how things are being posted, right? So do you find one, I know you acknowledge that it was also a growth opportunity for you as well, but is that, is that the relationship for most people, right? Especially the people that come to you, they're, yes, they're in the movement or the wellness space, but they've been doing things for the most part from like a personal autonomy standpoint where they're doing things on their own. So is that also a challenge for most people or do you find that everyone's kind of like wired a little bit differently in that way? I think it's a challenge for most people, especially when it's your business that you started. Mm. So it's almost like I had to do this again with myself. A lot of the lessons that I teach other people I had to do with myself, um, separating, not thinking of your business as your baby. Mm. is really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard when you pour your soul and like your energy and so much time into it. It's like separating yourself, seeing the bigger vision for what you want this baby to be. Mm. I don't have kids yet, but I'm sure you can attest to that. It's like seeing the vision and then separating yourself from it and deciding at what point you are the, you know, primary and active employee, which you are at the beginning. And then how do you begin to separate yourself knowing that things aren't the, when you work with people, by the way, there's amazing people out there that are going to do things better than you could do them. Um, that takes time, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's always going to be a process of, there's always going to be a process of growth for the people that you bring in of Mm. adjustment of learning. And so being able to always connect with what's the bigger vision for my business, what's the bigger vision for my life Mm. and are the actions that I'm taking right now, supporting that or holding it back. Mm. And how do I, if I, if I know that I need to get from here to here, but that my actions are keeping me here, mm. then what do I need to do, do between now and let's say December of this sure. year in order to 
pull myself away from this yeah. and find someone to do this so that I can go and do this, which is what the business seems. Yeah, well so said. I heard well one said. of my coaches say one time, he's like, always, like, always refer back to yourself and keep this at the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing for the business mm-hmm. versus what's the best thing for Amanda? Mm. So what's the best thing for the business if the purpose and the goal and the intention is to grow the business yeah. and to have it go in a certain direction and to serve the yeah. people that it's meant to serve? What's, what's in the best interest for the business? For sure. And that can be hard when it's the thing that you built. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about, I want to talk to you a little bit about growth, right? Growth, especially as, a, as it relates to like the evolution of self, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we believe like whether it's our purpose or whether what we're doing or what we're going to pour into the world is linear and finite. And I think one of the things that I love about your journey is that when I look at you and I look at how you're showing up in the world, it matches how I want to show up in the world in one particular way is that it allows you to constantly evolve. And I think sometimes there's so much personal ownership in one way of showing up in the world that you almost feel responsible for explaining your growth to the people that are a part of your journey. Right. And I realize now that that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to do the work that I'm feeling called to do. Even if it means that there's a different form of being expressed now than it was when this person started following me as a mover. But that was a hurdle I had to uncover. But when I look at your journey and I look at how you're showing up in the world, there's two like, powerful questions I kind of want to lead this this inquiry you know for me I realized that as I was moving there was elements of my gift of my purpose the things that were coming up for me that were being alive in that moment that I was putting on a shelf in order to do movement Mm -hmm. and the more I did it the more I had to put more things on a shelf whether it was how I connect whether it's how I create space whether it's how I communicate whether it's how you start working on different elements the psychological elements not just the movements so I started putting these gifts and identifying them and saying okay well they don't exist in this space in that way I can't access them that way and that duality became more and more pronounced Mm -hmm. to where I was like you know I don't know if I want to which was hard for me to realize or come to that truth because at the time I was publishing things in fitness magazines and I had my own clientele. So that duality kind of created awareness for me. So I'm just curious for you, like you're at the top of the game um, when it comes to yoga practitioners in Miami. Thank you. Um, In my opinion, you are, I mean, you're what everyone envisions when they start this yoga path, especially as far as the clientele that you were working with and the places that you were moving. Um, When did you know it was your time to shift um, and kind of like express yourself differently in the world? When did that become really clear for you? Mm. Well, thank you for saying that, first of all. Yeah, yeah, I I was a yoga teacher for 10 years. Mm. It's crazy how time flies like that. Sure. But before that, you know, we were, yeah. I, was a, I was a personal trainer. I was yeah, a fitness for sure. professional for, sure. for another four or five. Yeah. Um, so I've had, I think I've gone through a lot of metamorphosis yeah. <laughs> over the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, that's a beautiful word. Yeah. Always within that, you know, kind of umbrella being in the wellness space, because that's something sure. that I'm deeply passionate about. But the way that I express that has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, when did I know it was time to move? It was when I felt like the way that I was showing up as a yoga teacher or it wasn't enough. It wasn't as fulfilling anymore mm. for me to only speak about 
movement mm -hmm. and to really help others. And, you know, I was working with athletes. So yeah, sure. to really work others, help others work through injuries to keep their bodies safe. Like mm -hmm. I loved that work, mm -hmm. but it felt like my dream life and my dream revenue required a different version of me to show up. Mm. It, at that point in my life when I was teaching only yoga, my entire business revolved around showing up for other people physically, mm -hmm. like being there in the space with them sure. physically. Sure. And I didn't really have a way to pull away from that and like create an online business because of the clientele that I was working with. Mm. That just wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. You know, that just yeah, wasn't, you got to be there in person. That just yeah, doesn't. 100%. And so. Especially because, I, I mean, you're working with the best athletes in the world. It's not like you're. No, working with I some mean, great ones, yeah. Right? No, 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 sh no, no slide on like middle school or high school athletes, but you were working with like professional athletes, right? Yeah. So it's like you work your entire career to get this audience, right? I worked so, a long time. Uh, right. <laughs> so I imagine that was also a part of the challenge is what you were saying. Yeah, it was yeah. terrifying. It was terrifying to get to the point where I told myself, you know, or had the conversation. I spoke with my therapist. I met with my own business coaches and I was like, you know, this is the life that I envision that I want. Like, mm. okay, getting, you know, I was probably at that time like 30 three, 32. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling myself, okay, these are the things that I want to experience in my life. Mm. I want to do this. I want to have a family. I want to buy some houses. I want to do, I want to, I want to travel the world more. I wanted, there was just so much that I wanted to do. And mm. I had like, you know, almost really specifically the things that I wanted to experience in this life mm. and how I wanted to contribute, like, you know, professionally, how sure. I wanted to show up and sure. contribute in my community. And as much as I loved everything that I had been doing up until that point, and I had been, you know, obviously really successful at it, and I loved mm -hmm. it, and my identity was tied around it. Mm -hmm. My entire identity was tied around being a yoga teacher for athletes and in this space in Miami. Sure. And it was the scariest thing I did was have to rip myself away from that and yeah. say, okay, the first big move that I can do is first and foremost hire a coach, invest mm -hmm. in that, and figure out, how I can use my experience and my stories in order to create a business that will give me the life that I desire. Yeah. It will give me the income to support the life that I desire. Yeah. That's step one. And then step two, it's letting go of the old life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like having a plan for sure, and then letting go of the old life. And I think having a plan is easy. Yeah. Letting go is really hard. For sure. It's really hard when it's your financial security, when mm. it's your personal identity, yeah. Because then you have to, you do, you feel like you have to reintroduce yourself, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, those references that you have are no longer references. Correct. Right? Because I know, Amanda, oh my God, you're looking for a great yoga instructor. Yes. You're getting ready to prepare for the graph. I can call Amanda. Mm -hmm. But when I call Amanda, Amanda's no longer in that space. Mm -hmm. Now you lose that relationship to that reference. So not only are you expanding the way that you show up in the world, but you're kind of, in some ways, closing a, a, a chapter off. Yep in a very powerful pronounced way. And that could be terrifying. It was for me for sure. Terrifying, know? completely terrifying. I'm wondering for you, Amanda, like, especially since you're such a powerful communicator, I think a lot of your movement came with a richness of connection that can only be found through the way that you held space, right. And communicated and made people feel seen. Talk to me a little bit about the obligation of the audience. I feel sometimes for me when I was making that shift that there would be a lot of people who have followed me, who believed in my work, who feel connected to me as a, as a mover, would either feel like I'm a hypocrite mm -hmm. or would kind of lose interest in my journey because I'm no longer showing the 
five different specific ways to do a squat properly, right? Yes. And what I had to understand is that the people, majority of the people that are connected to you are drawn for the who, not the, not the doing behind what you're doing, right? So as you're shifting yourself to not only the way you present yourself, but also what you what you invest in posting on your social media, the videos, your content, were you worried about like how that girl that's following you from the university of Miami, who's learning some yoga movement is inspired by your journey. Now you're referencing yoga instructors from like a business standpoint. Were you, were you, was there, was there a conflict there? Because I had a little bit of resistance, like, okay, well, how am I being perceived by Amanda? Right. Because I'm showing up differently now. So did you have that challenge as well? I still have to check myself with that conflict sometimes for sure. I think that one of the things that helped me the most was understanding how I was going to leverage different platforms for my business and mm. for, you know, again, for personal, right? Because like sure. we have, there's a lot of, with social media, because it's such a tricky place. We have Instagram, which like everyone goes on Instagram. Obviously everyone has an account, mm. but it has its pros and cons. And there's sure. a way to connect with people on there. Yeah. I don't think it's a, you know, be all for every business. I sure. think there's a lot of businesses who do really well on different platforms. Sure. And so for me, the hardest or the biggest kind of hurdle was, differentiating how I was going to show up on Instagram just mm. because I knew that that was a place that I was going to continue to show up, but I wasn't going to share everything on there. Sure. I was going to share like little snippets. It's, it really feels a lot more like a little highlight reel, right? Yeah, of course. And then for my business, and it proved to be a very powerful resource and platform, I decided to switch and go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a YouTube channel before mm-hmm. at all. I relied everything solely entirely on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, how am I going to leverage the power of me being one of the only people in this space talking about what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know, as a marketing and business coach for yoga teachers, mm-hmm. talking about the business of yoga on YouTube, there aren't a ton. Mm-hmm. So I said, how can I how can I show up in this space fully? Mm-hmm. Create the type of content deeply because on YouTube you can go deep on yeah. Instagram. You can, it's little 30, 15, 20 second snippets yeah. on a minute at most. And you lose people's attention like this. For sure. So I felt like things were landing on deaf ears on Instagram a lot for me. And so mm-hmm. I decided I'm going to share little snippets of my journey here, but I'm not giving my time and energy to this space sure. right now. I'm going to fully dive into a platform that is going to reciprocate the energy that I put out of it mm. for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to learn YouTube, figure yeah. out how to, how to use it, sure. how to leverage it for my business and how to funnel people off of the platform and into my programs. And mm. that's proven to be the biggest lead generator for my business to mm. date. Every time I get on the phone with someone and I ask them, how did you hear about me? They're like, Oh, it's, I was searching on Google and your video came up and I'm like, Mm. amazing. Mm. So then I was like, how can I learn how to use this platform a little bit more and teach other people how to Mm. use it? Because I think Instagram is a platform that can be a little, it can be a little less forgiving. Mm. And so yoga teachers find for the most part, they, they get, they have a really hard time growing there. Most of them have a really hard time growing there. There's some that get that, get really good traction. They're posting really beautiful videos and they get a lot of, you know, followers that way, but a lot of them have a hard time connecting. And so that's been the interesting part of my business that I didn't think I was going to have to do at all for the teachers who are shifting from, who are going through their own transitions, shifting from working in a corporate space. And now they're becoming a yoga teacher and Mm. they have no idea how to show up online. Like how do I, 
So then figuring out what are the best platforms, how are we going to leverage this in a way that is the best for your business and so that you feel comfortable and confident mm -hmm. sharing in yeah. with the people online and and allowing that to work for you so it doesn't just feel like you're sharing and spending all this time and energy mm. in the space and it's not reciprocating back. Yeah, well said. You know, you talk about beginner's mind, right? Showing up and like, hey, you know what? I didn't have a YouTube account, but I just, I assume you just went to Google and was like, hey, how do I do this? And yeah. Is that is is that kind of like, or did you like buy YouTube books? Yeah, no, I'm like the I mean, queen of Googling everything. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm the so, queen of Googling everything and YouTube is the best. It's, yeah. YouTube University is yeah. amazing. You can find out how to do Is that a legit any, real thing? YouTube It's not universe? a thing, but, but it is like, a thing. It should be a thing. It's a thing. Should you like brand that? And like, <laughs> yes. That I, says we're going to start. Should, should I? Should I brand that? <laughs> you should definitely brand that. <laughs> I'm new on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. uh, but now I just branded YouTube yeah. uh, University. Um, my attorney is anything. listening to this, Rob, if you if you don't mind. Get um, on it ASAP. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, so you're talking about like there was a path in your journey when you realized that there was a diversion, mm -hmm. right? Where you're like, hey, you know what? This is how I'm this is how I'm feeling caught, right? Mm -hmm. And and yet even in your evolution, there's still some really honoring your past experience, honoring the things that were true to you 20 years ago. Like you said, you're working in how do I help yoga practitioners show up better as businessmen and women? Right. So I think sometimes there's two sides of growth. There's knowing when to move and then knowing what to move to. Right. Yeah. So for you, that journey, getting to a position where you're like, hey, I don't want to just be a business coach. I want to be a business coach specifically for the space that I just came from. Mm -hmm. um, when did that was that clear from the beginning or as you started pivoting, you started realizing, oh, I can create this unique space that doesn't necessarily exist. Like, did they happen at the same time? Because I think sometimes we assume that it's going to come clear at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, no, sometimes the path is made clear while you're on it. You just got to start walking forward. So what was your experience with finding this path that you're on right now in this present moment in the way that you show up? So I think there's always when there's a shift or a transformation yeah. coming or... For some, you know, a, a manifestation coming, whatever sure. it might be, and you have a question mark on the other side, you don't know what it is. There's always this period of, at least there has been in my life, there's always this period of what feels like a void, mm. like something is missing. Mm. There's a period of like the current status quo is no longer feeling good. There's a friction mm -hmm. there where there used to be alignment and there used to be you know like congruency now it feels like there's like something like the puzzle piece isn't fitting anymore yeah, something yeah. feels a little different and there's an immense amount of discomfort that comes from that and so I think mm. you for most people you sit in that discomfort for a while mm. you don't exactly take action the very next day when you feel uncomfortable you're like why do I feel uncomfortable sure. what is it about this that makes me feel uncomfortable and you kind of sit in that for some time I'm mm. a fast mover but I still give myself plenty of time to center reflect and really understand what are the aspects of my current life or my current situation mm -hmm. that don't fit anymore because I know that this is you know a long but short life that we have and there's going to be so many aspects of ourselves that are going to change for some of us on a monthly basis for some sure. of us on a yearly basis and they happen like that you can't plan for when no. you change you yeah, just yeah. do and so being able to sit with yourself for however long it takes and really understand what a lot of times you understand what you want by understanding what you don't want. Mm -hmm. So when you can get really clear on, Oh, I don't want this anymore. Mm -hmm. Then you start to look at other options, your community around you. Sure. Um, you start to look at examples of how other people are living. You start to see yeah. 
other realities and then you're like oh I kind of you can pick and choose oh I want a little bit of that or I want a little bit of you know this aspect of this person's life or how they've been able to achieve and you kind of build a reality for yourself Mm -hmm. that feels in the most alignment for you you know I love that you said you make space for allowing yourself to kind of like exist in whatever you're experiencing I think there's this judgment that we have on what we experience in this life from moments of sadness moments of anger moments of disconnect or or not believing in ourselves even and I think sometimes there's so much judgment that when we experience those moments in this life that's multifaceted and it's supposed to be in that way we quickly feel the need to rush through it and not identify with that experience right Mm -hmm. and I think that there's a lot of healing and growth that can come from being aware that wow I'm in a I'm in a space of sadness I'm not a sad person but I'm in a space of sadness what's here for me right? What's making me sad? What do I have that could bring me out of this space of sadness, right? So it's like, you talked about maybe not necessarily having it figured out when you decided, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to close this chapter. But then you also speak to, oh, shit, I just closed this chapter. The fuck am I, right? Like, excuse my French, but is that the moment where you're talking about allowing yourself to kind of be in that in-between space where you didn't have the answer? You didn't know what that next step was going to be. You're like, I just shelled a couple thousand dollars into this coach and I just cut off all my business. Yeah. And now the hours that I would normally be spending with these athletes, now I'm kind of like sitting at home, right? Like, is that the moment where you're kind of like, okay, let me lean into this as opposed to just. Yeah. I rely really heavily on, you know, the connection between or the disconnection between the soul and the ego. Mm. Right. So I always kind of check myself, is this like my soul trying to move me in a certain direction or is this my ego trying to move me in a certain direction? And yes, when you make big moves like that, you have to check yourself, like, is this my soul moving me towards this, you know, big investment or is this my ego moving me towards this big investment? Mm. And yes, there is, for me, there has always been a sitting in the void where you, at least I do, where I'm asking God, universe, spirit for direction, help, alignment. Mm. I never feel alone. I never feel like I'm going through this anything by myself, not just because I have a strong community, but because I have deep faith in a a greater energy, a greater spirit, a God that is co-creating this life with me. Sure. And so when I do feel those moments of anxiety because I don't know what is next for me, but I know that it's not where I'm at right now, mm. I lean heavily on that. And a lot of that for me has always come from quieting the noise and taking the very the single very ne- next best step that I can make, mm. just taking that one step, not trying to think about the 10th step that I have to make, just sure. taking one, and then quieting the noise. So mm. sometimes since we're talking about real life examples that has required me to delete my Instagram from my phone, you know, delete the social media apps, like only have conversations with certain people, Mm. spend a lot of time alone, a lot of time alone. I'm a yoga teacher. So I lean heavily on meditating. I meditate Mm. a lot. I pray a lot. I walk and pray a lot. Um, So those are the things that have really have always helped me. I think the biggest one of all those things is not asking for a solution. It's asking Mm. For a sign, yeah. asking for guidance, asking for a sign, yeah. and always asking to be used as a vessel. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like I'm. I help me manifest sure. this. Help me sure. get this outcome. It's like use me as a vessel yeah. for the greatest good and for whatever my soul is here to accomplish in this yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of, and I love that you reference being used as a as a vessel, mm-hmm. right? Without a doubt, this conversation, the energy 
um, the consciousness of this conversation is going to hopefully meet the ears, the eyes of different people around um, our communities, outside of our communities, who are without a doubt are either coming up to feeling called to metamorphose into something else or to transition or to grow. You know, it seems like, at least for me as, 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 as a friend, as a fan, um, as someone that's sharing this road with you, that you have a really profound way of connecting to those moments of growth and transitioning and allowing yourself to meta, like to take that step, to transition powerfully. For that person who may not necessarily feel as clear or as confident, um, what advice will you give them? If they are in their living rooms or in their car and they're listening to you, someone who seemed to have, at least in my opinion, done such a powerful job. And I know it's not a, it's not an end game. Like we said, it's not, a, there's no end zone, right? So, you know, we're always constantly looking for ways to constantly evolve and change. But what advice, if well, there would be one or two things you would give that person who maybe feels so grounded into that ident- identity, the way that you did when you were a yoga instructor training these athletes or leading these athletes, how hard it was for you to disconnect and see yourself in a different space. Is there any lessons or is there any wisdoms that you can impart upon that person? Yeah, I would probably say first and foremost to give yourself grace throughout the process of transition, but life in general. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be and accomplish and do certain things. And and then we hold those certain things. We grip onto them, even if every cell in our bodies is telling us this isn't working anymore. And we grip because of the amount of effort that we've put in. Mm. So we're clinging to the past Mm. instead of living and making decisions based on what our current self wants and requires and what our future self wants and requires. Mm. And that can be a really dangerous place because it doesn't allow us to fully express every aspect of ourselves in our lives. It doesn't allow us to fully live. We stay mm. stuck. We're like clinging on to like, I put in this much time and I put in this much money and this much effort. If it's no longer serving you, you got to learn to let it go. Mm. You've got to learn to let it go. And in that process of letting go, know and understand that there's going to be a mourning period, a grieving period mm. of your identity, of your business of your whatever it is that you're letting go of your relationship whatever it might be Mm. there's a mourning and a grieving period and then there's a period where you get to decide even if it's one step at a time and you don't know what the full vision is you get to make one decision at a time what feels like a yes and what feels like a no Mm. you can only do that when you tap in so the second piece of advice i would say is to spend a lot of time alone Mm. to quiet the noise around you If you have a core, you know how important, if you have a core group of people that you can, as a soundboard, that you can bounce ideas off of, that is Mm life-changing. So rely on your people. Mm -hmm. You don't even need a lot. It could be one, two, or three people that you bounce Mm -hmm. ideas off of, or you just express how you're feeling. And you give yourself grace throughout the process, taking it one day at a time. I think that has been, those have been the things that have really helped me to let go of past versions of myself and to move towards the newer versions of myself, even when I don't have a clear vision or a clear picture of what that new version looks like, Mm. but I'm just taking it one step at a time, letting go of needing to please everybody else and really moving towards what feels good for me in that moment. Beautifully said, beautifully said. (laughs) So I'm inspired and I want to learn more about Amanda. How do I stay in contact with you? How do I become a part of your tribe? How do I become yeah. a part of the people that follow your journey um, that you're on? How, how would someone get in contact with you? Yeah. Well, since we use Instagram as this day and age is yeah. 
our, our business card. You can For find sure. me on Instagram at amandaxpaz.com. And I answer all of my DMs. So shoot me a DM, introduce yourself, nice. say hello. I Keep it classy. love to meet new people. Keep it, cla- Keep it classy, you know, when, when you say I answer all my DMs. I answer right? all my DMs. You know? Keep it classy. <laughs> <laughs> I answer all of them. All like, really? Keep right, it classy. Right, right. Please keep, keep it classy. classy. Keep it classy. You know, okay. that's one thing that's changed. When I was a yoga teacher and fully yeah. posting yoga photos, I got a lot of unclassy DMs. Yeah. But now uh, yeah. they're much more classy. There we go. 100%. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can meet me there. Come connect. Nice, nice. Well, Amanda... Um, to, to, to say I, I feel moved by our conversation would be an understatement. I want to leave you with a, a lacrosse ball's reference to me. Obviously, it ties into my, my two beautiful sisters. And I think it's important for me to have this anchor, but give this anchor to the people who are anchors along my journey. And I think, like, you speak to the importance of tribe. Um, definitely for the last 10 years, you've been a powerful anchor and, you know, a stabilizing anchor for me when I look out and I see myself in different reflections and and we can do that in our community. And that's why it's so important. So I want to leave you with my anchor as a gift to you and and thank you for honoring um, us with this beautiful conversation. And I look forward to constantly supporting you and, and even if it's just sending you love from afar and constantly creating spaces to welcome you in. And, and I just want to say thank you for taking time to, to come and share your share, share a little bit of your journey. Thank you so much. This is such a great conversation. We're going to have to do this again one day. I really again. appreciate the space that you hold uh, for all of us you. in this community. Really, truly, I appreciate it. Thank and I you. will put that ball on my desk. There so we can... go. Well, that's yours. I'll keep oh. it. <laughs> 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 Thank right, you peace. so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers. <laughs>